Welcome to the making of the SRE Omelette podcast, the show where we explore the positive business and client success outcome from site reliability engineering and hear from experts on how they influence the culture and mindset shift that led to those results. I'm your host, Kevin Yu, and I'm the principal SRE at IBM AI Applications. What is SRE, you ask? SRE stands for Site Reliability Engineering and originated from Google to treat operations as if it's a software problem with goals of improving system reliability and scalability. Over the years, many organizations like IBM have also embraced the discipline. In my experience, SRE is a mindset that champions the culture of agile and is an engineering discipline that is data-driven and KPI-focused. It applies a lifecycle approach towards building resilient solutions that meet business goals and delight clients. We're kicking off the podcast series with our very first episode today. I thought it would be great to start it off with understanding IBM's journey to establish site reliability engineering as a job family. And there's no better person to speak to it than our guest speaker today, Ingo Everdunk. Ingo is a distinguished engineer of service management and SRE. IBM Garage for Cloud, and is also the worldwide SRE professional leader in IBM. I have the privilege to work with Ingo in the IBM SRE profession and our first ever SRE conference at IBM last year. And I must say his passion on the subject is inspiring. He's a fearless leader of the profession and pushes the community to continue to service tangible outcomes that benefit the company, customers, and its practitioners. Welcome to the show, Ingo. Yeah, good to be here. So, Ingo, let's get right to it. This podcast is about the culture of SRE, its impact, and how to make it happen. What does SRE mean to you as a practice and as a profession? Um, yeah, Kevin, that, that's, a, that's a great question, and I need to reflect a little bit. Um, I think I've been always in like a lab services capacity for most of my professional life working with clients and i think it was always important for me to to see the use of services right it's not that customers buy a product or um, deploy a project they, they want to take advantage of it right so it's obviously the day two experience that was close to my heart um, and i'm i'm super excited to sre um, now um, bringing that profession to a new life um, much more visible so it's no longer like the lights out organization somewhere in the back um, it, it's now become really visible across the entire SDLC um, and I think this there, there's a term for this right we are moving away from projects to products and I think that's exactly what SRE um, is uh, very much in support of right um, understanding the full life cycle understanding the illities, whether it's availability or security or durability and so on. Um, so it, it means a lot to me. Great capture. Uh, CyberLab engineers are keeping the lights on. So let's recognize them and make the discipline more visible across the entire solution lifecycle. And, and I think it brings up a parallel topic. Many of us have been practicing SRE, have SRE as a job title and rule even before it was established as a profession at IBM. Can you share with us the significance of IBM formally defined SRE as a job family? Um, sure, and I probably need to explain a little bit the background, right? Um, I, I, I do service management for all my life, um, but six years ago, I've been asked by our general manager um, to 
uh, think about um, how, how operations need to evolve, right? We've doing the garage for a while, um, and we've always been very successful in creating this new um, application, this new website and so on. Um, but then we hit this glass ceiling when it hits to production, right? Because um, operations, this is happens, always say, no, um, we cannot deploy. And we, what, what do you mean by deploying it like twice a week? Um, and, and at that time, we, we said, okay, so just modernizing applications is not enough. We also need to modernize operations. So I've been asked to um, provide an, a point of view from IBM on what modernized operations means. And, and certainly SRE's um, heart and center of this. Um, and I think it's super relevant um, to, to um, as customers adopting um, new um, paradigms, whether it's agile, DevOps, um, that there, there, there need to be a recognition about this life cycle, the lifetime of a service. Um, and, and, and this is where we um, created new roles, which are more cloud-oriented. SRE is then really the evolution of a sysadmin role, a blend of a dev developer and a sysadmin. Um, and the need for this is, is very inherent, right? Um, a, a lot of customers are asking for it. We, ne we need it in IBM internally. Um, we are moving away from software on-premise into a software-as-a-service function. So I think all those are just supporting this this need for this new role this um this new definition of of operations and as a way to manifest it to create some visibility in the enterprise um, um we we established this profession for sre and profession very much sounds like an enterprise right but it's it's really having having a home having a curriculum a roadmap but also a career path um, so that people um, are, are find, finding a home in the in that profession. Um, ultimately, we want to attract, we want to nurture and retain the right skill and the right talent. And this is where we created this this new profession. Um, we, we've been having professions in IBM for a long time, right? Specialist, developer, architect, data scientists, and SRE is just in the newest uh, member of that family of a technical profession. Thank you, Ingo, and I can personally appreciate having that home. I have, for the most part, been in the application performance, scalability, and reliability space for my career. And uh, I have always felt I have to explain and justify my contributions. Having the SRE profession certification definitely can help make the career path easier for future generations. Yeah, and it gives also like a formal recognition that, that this is not just a small thing that's big, right? There are not that many technical professions. I think we have maybe maybe 10 technical professions overall in IBM. And then SRE being one of those, I think, gives really a, a huge recognition to the need for, for that new way of working. Right, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you on behalf of the community for championing this site reliability engineering profession in IBM. So, Inga, we touched on the motivations from a executive practice and now technical vitality perspective. Can you share a perspective from our customers on SRE? I think like we have been struggling in the past, and the same is true for our clients, um, predominantly enterprise clients. They live and breed ITIL, the IT infrastructure library, which had good reasons at that time, right? It was very process heavy. It did a lot of risk mitigation by doing change advisory boards and by scheduling changes and having a CMDB and so on. And 
I, I would argue it's probably went a little bit overboard, right? A little bit to an extreme. And, and, and now those customers are struggling, right? Because now the agility from the development teams um, is absolutely slowed down by those legacy ITIL processes. Um, so, so customers are asking for this um, and they see some, some, some great results by, on one side, pivoting towards a DevOps culture, on the other side, pivoting to an SRE culture. I think that really uh, allows them to balance velocity and quality at the same time. That is a great summary of the evolution of balancing the roles of development and operations. And as you said, between features and quality, which brings us to a struggle many of us had in this space. Um, that is prioritization of the limited resource we have. Um, in your experience in Go, what, what have been the motivation to drive or prioritize for SRE? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a single single response to this um, when you look solely from an operations perspective there, there were a time where people did outsourcing um, offshoring nearshoring um, then there was a next wave of automation and this was all to to cut down cost right to be more efficient uh, more effective and I, I think the consequence to this is that um, some other parameters um, have, have suffered, right? My, my former boss had a saying, measure what you expect, expect what you measure, right? And, and if, 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 if you only measure for cost, right, um, then, then you might suffer when it comes to quality or when, you, when, when it comes to uh, ve velocity. And I think this is, this is really what, what I see customers now are looking at is they, they, they've reached maybe um, a certain plateau of automation they see now the negative impact of just going automation um, and they want to do something sim something on top of it right and i always use this this analogy right if, if my scenario would be and I, I my application server has a problem it, it dies every monday um, certainly i could do automation to restart the application server every monday um, then i'm efficient and i'm effective right i have no toil right because it's basically executing automatically but the problem still exists, right? And uh, uh, worst case, even the user of that service is affected because he's experiencing uh, a, a short but but still existing downtime every Monday, right? And the SRE approach to this would be, well, let me find out what is the contributing factors to that outage um, and let me engineer this away, right? So re reducing the technical debt, engineer the problem away. And I think those are the, the more mature enterprises realize that, um, automation in itself cannot be um, the end goal. Um, it might be a good tactical solution, but you, you really want to engineer this problem away. You want to reduce your technical debt. Uh, that, that's that's a great example, Ingo. In fact, many many times we draw parallel as SRE is really kind of like the firefighters, right? So I think in your comment, there is that you know we we don't want to just be really good at putting out the fires, but we also want to kind of ask a question. How, how did the fire happen in the first place? Yeah, yeah exactly. Avo avoid it. Right. <laughs> right. You also touch on the keyword of cost and relating to prioritization of resources on SRE. In a way, what is the ROI return on investment? Because as much as we love SRE and all its wonderful motivations, there are limited resources of people in time. Could you please um, share with the audience your experience around qualifying the ROI for SRE? Yeah, and I think this is this is where 
we, we are still finding ourselves as an as an industry. Certain, certainly, um, automation, like I mentioned before, is is a key measurement. Like how much manual work, how much toil do I still have? And another performance indicator would be MTTR, mean time to repair or restore, uh, reverting from an incident. But I think this is this is also getting into the point where if you if you only measure MTTR. I would be okay to stay with the example before just to restart it, right? Be, because the MTTR would be maybe a, a minute or I don't know, five minutes to, to restart the server um, or the application. So that's acceptable. If I would engineer this problem away, that scenario would not happen. Um, and by default, um, the, the more harder problem still exists. So my MTTR is actually going up, right? So, so you need to really find good uh, per performance indicators that measure a little bit the velocity the quality and the efficiency right and and when you look in the likes of dora um, they they favor um, four parameters one is the um, deployment frequency how frequent can you deploy right smaller chunks deployed more more frequently um, what is my um, release quality so how many bad releases do i experience MTTR certainly, and then the 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 last one would be um, time from innovation to production. So how long does it take from an idea until it materializes to an end user? So those are the four KPIs that are typically used, and and with this then you could derive the ROI, right? Um, I I would I would be very hesitant to define the ROI of SRE just as an automation lever, right? Because then you, from my perspective, are just thinking too short. You would not potentially tackle the larger problems, the bigger, more fundamental issues, which are much heavier reach. That is a great capture. Thank you so much, Ingo. So my takeaway is do not look at SRE ROI based on a single lever or perspective. And I think this is a classic case from data science in that a single metric may answer a question, but you need a set of them to tell a story and form actionable insights. Yep, exactly. So we cover motivation and ROI from organization and customer perspectives. Let's spend some time the perspectives of site reliability engineers, or as you put it, Ingo, if we look at it from solution lifecycle angle, what is a good motivation to get people with different rules to look at SRE and what mindsets should they have? I would think the best motivation is um, like a, a desire for engineering rigid, right? So not not shy of getting the hands dirty, being curious on 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 what happened, um, dig deep in order to find out what what's wrong, and, and then really applying an engineering rigid, uh, maybe even a little bit of science to then identify lasting solutions to this. So it's it's really this entrepreneurial engineering kind of mindset that that drives people um, but i think it's it's also important to to consider sre as a team sport right this is not just a single person it's always a team that make things work um, especially when you are in capacity of instant response knowing that there is somebody else who has your back knowing that you are not alone at two o'clock on the morning on a saturday i think is quite important so engineering rigid and team player team um, spirit i think there are two fundamental uh, elements here thank you ingo you capture why we love and enjoy this profession so much and i think you may have just inspired some listeners to look at this profession what would you say to listeners who may want to explore the sre profession can you give some advice both 
for a experienced professional as well as someone who may just be starting their career? So SRE is can can be quite broad, right? We we talk about observability and automation and we talk about capacity management and we talk about incident response and blameless postmortems and so on. So it can be really, really broad, right? So as a starter, um, I I would I would say don't don't try to do it all, right? Because you chances are you you are probably not really good at it. Right. I, I would I would encourage you to go to pick one area. Um, and try to master it, right? And, and and go deep, right? To gain confidence that you can go deep, right? And deep could be um, all the way to the TCP IP stack or into the uh, operating system, right? Uh, or all those mechanics. Um, and that gives you then the confidence that you can go deep, right? You build the muscle of being able to um, um, navigate through encodes a system right and from there you can then go a little bit broader and then said okay let me tackle another area another slice in the software development life cycle another element in my tech stack looking more holistically end-to-end right and and i would i would probably favor as a beginning first the ability to go deep right to gain that confidence and then go broad. Um, some, some people think um, I, I want to first go broad to have like the full um, picture, the full end-to-end picture. But there's always a risk that you just stay too shallow, right? And um, I, I think you need to gain that confidence, at least from my perspective. I, I certainly gained a lot of confidence by doing really heavy coding and doing heavy capacity management, right? And I even wrote li- like an extension to, to some TCP IP protocols. Um, and that Confidence is something that I could always draw back on in future engagements. For the more more senior person, for the person who is already in the professional life, I think I would probably ask you to start thinking, are you more from a sysadmin perspective or are you coming more from a development perspective? And knowing where, where, where your, your, your strength is and knowing where your gaps are, right? And then for a sysadmin, um, I would certainly encourage you to start coding in a software engineering practice right so um, github pull requests peer programming um, test automation all those elements that our developers are doing these days right and try, try to build that muscle and vice versa as a maybe somebody coming from a development background um, start thinking what it would take to operate your application without a debugger without access to the source code right um, um, relying just on metric data right participating in root cause analysis and see how it the system is actually behaving in a in a, in a live production environment right and then from there um, learning more and more about the traits of a sysadmin right um, the idea here is that you get to this perfect blend the perfect mix between devops and sre and then move up the ladder now I know who to call when we have our next network disruption. Um, I also like your comment about having the core and deep skill as something you can go back and rely on. For me, that is performance and benchmarking. And definitely time after time, those skills have helped me solve problems over the years. So Inga, we touch on the SRE mindset, the culture, ROI, and its evolutions. Where do you think SRE is going? SRE is evolving. Um, when you when you look at it, it started just in a cloud native environment, and now it it I think it certainly is arriving at the enterprise, right? And this is not necessarily all cloud native. 
we even have some customers who who don't have cloud yet, right? And and they are applying some of the SRE principles on on, on this environment, and that's completely viable. Uh, the next flavor would be um, commercial off the shelf products like um, I don't know SAP or Salesforce, right? You you also need to think about how you could perform SRE against those environments. Um, I certainly think that DevOps and SRE are getting closer and closer together. They're always very complementary. And one could argue one is a class of the other um, or an instance of the other. Um, but I think still there's room for improvement to getting those two practices closer together. Those are the th things that I see. Maybe, maybe just in closing, um, SRE, uh, to me, both the site reliability engineer the person but also the engineering practice and this is where um, i think um, it, it will start to arrive across the entire software development life cycle right from a product owner perspective he needs to decide what are my slo and sla requirements um, from an architect perspective right to build reliability into the code a developer should instrument the code right uh, and with metric and tracing and those kind of things circuit breaker patterns and so on a release manager practicing um, various release strategies on it and then the sre um, performing um, the incident response and pro problem management um, so it, it's really a team sport across many many roles and there's still opportunity for improvement to make it more pervasive in in those um, other other roles as well that is a fun future to look forward to, further reinforce SRE on hybrid cloud and dependencies, as well as SRE as a discipline that is practiced by people in different roles in the solution lifecycle. So thank you so much for the wonderful insights you have given us uh, so far, Ingo. I just have one more question, and that is what would be your ingredient and recipe for the SRE omelet? Oh man. Um, so. So um, I, I thought about this, right? You, you sent me, luckily, the, the questions ahead of time. So I, I thought about it. There's probably not just a single recipe, right? And my ingredients would be, well, I, I'd, I like to learn and listen and read as many recipes as I can and take what resonates for me, what works for me to build up my own recipe, right? So, so it's, it's not just Ingo make it up my own recipe i, I want to draw on the community and i think sre is is a stellar community when you look into the newsletters the books the conferences the meetups it it, it gives me just a vast repository of recipes right i i'm getting better every single time right in every single client engagement in every single product that i engage i get better and better in, in doing SRE, which is great, right? Um, similar to a cook, right? The more you cook, the, the better you are. And, and you're never done, right? There's always something else you could do on top of it. There's maybe this one additional ingredients that you put in your omelet to, to make it um, um, even taste better. So those are the three things, right? Different recipes and, um, and um, learn from, from others, right? Getting better over time and never be done. Those are my three ingredients of my SRE omelet. That is awesome, and I can almost see a cooking show coming out of this. <laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the ingredient and recipe for Ingo Everdong on the SRE omelet. Thank you, Ingo, for spending the time with us, sharing the wonderful insights, and as you said, contributing to this wonderful community we have so we can all learn from each other 
and deliver the outcome we strive for. Yeah, you're happy to. Thank you. Also, like to thank you all for listening in. This is Kevin Yu, Principal SRE at IBM AI Applications. See you again on an upcoming episode.